Okay, but seriously though, Bishop is fucking awesome. I know. And it's nice to see him not be a total fuck up for once. Yeah, so. I really liked him on this episode. He like got to use his powers and was a badass. And I feel like it's weird how little we got to see him use his powers on TAS actually. Like it's kind of weird that he just had a gun and like walked around shooting people with a normal gun. I mean, it wasn't a normal gun, but you know what I mean? He didn't shoot people because he missed all the time. <laughs> It was crazy. It was like, did he have a gun? Because he's no. just shooting it into the air. Do you remember when <laughs> there was a bunch of psychics trapped in Zelda crystals? Yes, I and do remember he that. shot Psylocke out and Psylocke falls and she goes, oh, Bishop. And with, that was never explained. <laughs> and they like knew each other. <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing so hard. I don't fucking understand anything about my life, actually. <laughs> yeah, but definitely not about Bishop's betrayal on X-Men TAS. Anyway, I'm Maddie. Oh, oh, hi, I'm Ryan. Welcome <laughs> to the Mutant Ages. Welcome. This is a show where we review every adaptation of the X-Men and talk about how gay all of them are. Not in this episode. Not, not so much. Um, we are watching Wolverine and the X-Men, which is, mm, there, there isn't that much queer coding in this episode, but it's pretty fucking good. Back when we were young, we experienced a change. We felt a I thought they were dating. I, I, don't know. I didn't even think about that. I thought about Bishop making a line later when he's like, I know Wolverine because we date. And I was like, oh. Anyone who says dramatically that they knew Wolverine, we just assume they dated Wolverine because it's Wolverine. <laughs> okay, fair. And like, if you say you know him, we know what that means. Yeah. We know what it means. There is also a really funny joke in here about Wolverine's memories. We'll get to that. Anyway, first previously on the X-Men, we get to see a flashback to the one and only Sybil Zane, a character invented for this show. I'm glad you watch these. I do not watch the previously on. Oh, Whenever really? we do this segment on our show, I just do it for memory. <laughs> I do not oh, watch. Well, you know, I used to do that. I used to be like, well, here's the actual previously on that matters. But this show's actually been like pretty useful in terms of what they show in the oh, previous. I on. agree, but I just look at it and the timestamps like three minutes, and then the episode usually and starts. You're just like I'm just gonna skip this. No, but in this case, I actually had to go back because apparently it does the previously on the X Men, and then the previously on the X Men in this episode turns out to be Xavier looking at previously on the X Men and Wolverine's memories. And I did not understand that until I scrolled back, and I was like, "It was what actually the hell pretty wild." <laughs> they were like, "Okay." 
okay so we talked about this it last was pretty week. cool i've never seen this ever happen on a tv show before where they're doing Me like either. a recap and then the recap turns out to be part of the episode because it's in somebody's brain like that was really yeah, fucking cool i liked that because i was like you know what xavier would do that shit <laughs> like xavier would just be combing through wolverine's memories and then being like okay great i've seen all i need to see let's start the episode like it it was very like a little bit of fourth wall breaking but not in a bad way well that's because xavier's sitting there and he's like listen i've watched inception by christopher nolan <laughs> at least 35 times and now i'm gonna do it for real life yeah <laughs> although there's a part of this episode where marrow basically recaps the plot of this tv show and she's just like that sounds really fucking stupid and i laughed really hard yeah marrow's <laughs> a pretty funny character in this by the way also marrow's in this but anyway we'll get to marrow so previously on the x-men Xavier was watching all of this on a TV inside of Logan's mind. Actually, he wouldn't have seen this scene where Sybil Zane is showing video of Amara getting uh, collared um, and having the collar cancel out her powers, the inhibitor collar, as it is later called in this episode. So Sybil Zane tells the Thieves Guild, I want this collar. Designed by Forge. Yes, unfortunately, designed by Forge. Forge is going to stop doing this Krakoa shit. is like doing the same thing. I'm reading Marauders right now. Oh, so yeah. Forge is is in the doghouse for designing this shit. Um, but anyways, Classic Forge, creating mutant inhibiting technology and then being like, whoopsie! Yeah, but thank God he <laughs> did it in some way because they were able to shoot Moira in the face with that I shit know. because she's fucking crazy. Okay, but like anytime you create this technology, it gets used for evil. So that's is true. It that's worth true. It? It's probably not. I don't want somebody to shoot a gun at me that turns me straight. I don't want pussy. Come on. That would be terrifying. What does it do for? Wait, wait, hold on. I'm sorry. If you're bisexual, though, what does it do for you? Does it just make you like only men? That sounds terrible for you. I guess it would make me straight. Yeah. Oh, God. That's really sad. That is sad. I don't like this. Um. So anyway, we get to see more of, of Logan's memories. Um. Logan's memories of Gambit and how sexy he was. And Logan's like talking to Gambit and he's like, how dare you? That collar is going to be used against mutants. And Gambit's like, I don't really care, Mona me. I'm just here for the money, baby. Um, and we see Logan exploring Trask's lab and seeing Master Mold on a screen. And also we see this part, I guess, Charles Xavier didn't care about, but it's like the flashback of, of Charles telling the X-Men how his coma in the future worked and how he like was in a coma for 20 years and he only just woke up, right. which actually does matter to the episode, by the way. Yeah, it comes up a few different times. Yeah. And he's like, I just woke up, which, OK, I don't think they're going to explain this, but like who was taking care of Charles when he was in a coma? <laughs> like, was he in a hospital? Like, what was going on there? You know what? I actually I actually think that he was still underground at the X mansion because he's running around with Cerebro. And I think Wolverine was taking care of him because later on in this episode, like they have a line about how Wolverine is still in charge of the X-Men, which just baffles me because I'm like, how long did Logan lead the X-Men? A very this long time. <laughs> this poorly uh i mean did he he must have had eventually appointed kitty as i don't know his assistant manager or something and then kitty did all the work to be fair the version of the x-men that bishop describes in the future actually sounds pretty competent i okay so, and clearly eventually domino leaves the brotherhood and becomes an x-men because she's an x-men in, in the future which is cool well i thought that was cool too because obviously she makes that switch in the comic books also right i so so there are parts of this where i'm like clearly logan like got his shit together forgave domino i mean we know how stupid he is about holding grudges so we can sort of imagine and fill in the blanks there yeah but if he doesn't forgive domino he can't fuck her <laughs> that's a really good point right i mean they yeah. have to figure it out somehow 
somehow. It's also sad because it's like, is Rogue dead? Like, there are a bunch of characters that aren't present in the future that is like, what happened to them? That's true. Well, we know Storm is dead because in the future, Xavier's in. She destroyed Africa. There was no gravestone that just said Rogue on it, which in well, hindsight is actually kind of funny, I know, but whatever. but they did. They actually explained the gravestone for Wolverine in this episode. They explained a lot of stuff we questioned before because I was like, Logan can't die. Why does he have a gravestone? And like, Bishop explains that. Anyway, as usual, we're skipping all around. <laughs> the end of previously on the X-Men is a shot of the Sentinels in the bad future. And then we get a slightly more explicit flashback to that we see Xavier watching. And this is the flashback of Logan and Gambit breaking into Trash Lab to steal the collar and Logan seeing Master Mold on the screen, which I think I already said happened, but whatever, forgive me. Um, and then we see Logan and Charles, like from the present day, walking into this memory, like, walking around into the memory. He's showing Xavier around his brain. He's like, and over <laughs> here in this door, this is where I fucked Sabretooth. Here's my Weapon X memories, which is just like a hallway of doors. He's like, and here's he's where like, I hung out with this sexy Cajun guy. <laughs> right. And over here is a door dedicated to Omega Red, but I can't remember anything about him because it's behind a lock and key. And Xavier's just like I why are there so many doors in here <laughs> they were just like rubbing his temples like I can't I can't with this today Logan like I'm you sorry you know what's really funny is that I hate Xavier so much but I do enjoy those moments in the comic books and on TV shows when Xavier will be trying to deal with Wolverine's <laughs> insane memory bullshit and Xavier will just be like I'm even annoyed by this like what is this I really shit I enjoy it in this show too where Logan is like wow How'd you get a memory so clearly out of my head? I mean, it's my head. So like none of my memories are clear. And Xavier is just like, dude, I I can't even talk to you about this. All right. Wait. So there's I, I actually have two theories about Wolverine's amnesia because it's never really properly explained. And I was thinking about it when I was driving back from. Uh, a theme park I went to yesterday. I forget what sparked it. I'm sure I was listening to something that reminded me of like the time period I was reading X-Men when I was 13. Mm -hmm. But anyway, so I was listening to some sort of goth music, I'm sure. <laughs> and I was like, okay. So I think obviously he's experienced so much trauma that he's repressed it. Mm -hmm. And so like, I don't think he's really fully forgotten. Although memory repression is actually forgetting, but some, those, sometimes those memories are still accessible. Yeah. And then it was like, so what happens if Deadpool or Wolverine, you know, cause they're always being torn apart and shit and their heads get cut in half and shit. And mm -hmm. so do they regrow their brains and then like their brains retain the memories? Because how does that work? And well, I'm like, I don't think it does work. I mean, I, I, I always assumed that was part of the problem is right. that some of the memories are actually gone, you know? Right. And that's what I'm kind of wondering. If you cut out a piece of Wolverine's brain and then it grows back or shoot him in the head, for example, right. he loses his memory from that. I mean, that's depicted in that shitty Wolverine origins movie, which I actually think makes sense that he gets right. amnesia from getting shot with the adamantium bullet. Thank God it was an adamantium adamantium bullet well, it oh, makes sense though that he would get amnesia from that you know like mechanically i get why that would work it's stupid in that movie but only because of the plot is well stupid. that movie is just stupid <laughs> i mean like nobody actually enjoys x-men origins wolverine I know, but i'm just pointing that out as an example of like a time it's been depicted where it's like yeah logan's brain got fucked up and when it regrew it was just a blank you know, blank slate. You know, he had to regrow the neurons and shit. Yeah. Makes sense to me. Okay. All right. Cool. But he might still have some of the old neuron connections that don't complete. That's the part that's kind of interesting, like from a sci-fi angle where it's like, 
he has part of the memory or he's like, I have a feeling about this person, but I don't really know who they are. And other times I think he's just lying. <laughs> okay. But here's, here's a really interesting idea. Okay. So this kind of worked post house of M when Logan woke up and he suddenly retained every memory ever had because Scarlet, Witch was able to input them into his brain. Mm-hmm. But in Krakoa, now that they have this technology of Cerebro... Due to Xavier, yeah. Xavier putting puts in every memory he's absorbed from everyone's brain. Oh, right. And Wanda, with the cross of, like, Legion yep. and Proteus, can now go through time and get those... I don't I don't even understand how it works, but they can, like... <laughs> people who, didn't even, who were going to become mutants but died before they became mutants can, like, be resurrected and become mutants. Yeah. So with the combination of those things, those things, could they go back now and pull out Logan's memories from the past 200 years and implant them in whenever he dies? But I don't recall him so far ever having to be regrown in Krakoa because it's Logan and he yeah, just heals. Exactly. Exactly. And I don't think he had to be regrown in Krakoa to begin with. I don't think he's ever had to go through that. But can't they still implant those memories into him without him being inside of an egg? Yeah. I just don't think it's high on the to-do list. You know, they got a lot of I shit mean, to they do, do in Krakoa. Have, I, I mean, they do say that all they the time. They literally have a hope. to-do list, which is hilarious. Like they're literally like, that's really they're low so, on the list. I know. <laughs> and it's like the, in every issue of any Krakoa thing, Hope is always like, listen, there's like a really long fucking list of people we have to rebirth. And I'm always like, but who? Because according to these art panels, everyone's alive again. So I don't know who we're referencing at this point. Yeah, but I think it's like people who are really obscure, you know, because like sometimes they bring people back. I mean, like Sync is an example where I think Sync is actually a pretty cool character. Or Rhapsody. I don't, I mean, in Hellfire Gala, the woman who creates all like the weird music things, she was like in one issue of X-Men in the 80s. They're basically just bringing back everyone and it's also depressing to think about how the five has to come together and be like oh my god like who are we going to resurrect next anyway none of this has to do with the episode so maybe we should and talk like about children that. <laughs> all right sorry no it's it's okay sidetrack anyway well we were in logan's brain and whenever that happens we're like okay what's going on with logan and so i don't know what's happening here and logan walks over to a computer and he's yes. like i saw this in this episode out of the corner of my eye this computer says master mold what is this and xavier doesn't know he doesn't know okay but xavier's answer is really funny because he's like listen logan in the future there's no history other than books and old newspapers which explains why i give advice that's so shitty to all of you <laughs> because like i'm basing it on these books i found okay, in a but library later that's determined to be a lie is it because at the end of the episode xavier tells logan hey i just found out about master mold from an old book but he didn't. He found about, out about Master Mold from hacking these fucking Sentinel Towers and doing this insane action movie shit for the entire episode. Are you sure that he didn't find it from the book he picks up that was written by Beast? I'm positive because at the end, there's a joke where Logan says, I'm trying to find it. Logan goes, you learned all that from an old newspaper. And then it cuts away. And I think that's a joke oh. about how... Xavier clearly didn't learn it all from an old newspaper. Okay, so you're just telling me that Xavier's lying again? Yes. <laughs> Why is he lying? Why didn't he just say, I found out because I was there? I don't know, Ryan. I truly don't know. I feel like Xavier lies for fun. It's like he doesn't want to worry Logan or something and be like, hey, so in the future, I'm doing all kinds I'm of insane my mind right action now. movie I shit. I can't deal. <laughs> 
you didn't notice that part like at the end i was like okay well to I be was, fair i was like why isn't he telling logan what really happened why isn't he like i broke into a detention camp i met this guy named bishop who you're gonna know in the future by the way Well, it's because they we had to see it happen in real time as the viewer that's the actual reason well but there's no reason why charles xavier wouldn't tell logan that other than that i guess he's like i don't want to destroy the past so he's like withholding a lot of information from logan i don't I know guess. it's really strange well, either way it's classic xavier bullshit either way xavier's not doing anything helpful it seems he's like he really is so he really is so anyway this episode is really cool I actually it's, loved it's it. kind of complicated i it is. so far it's probably my favorite episode so so far in so this far, series. so far so far yeah so far in the series i think so far i really enjoy it <laughs> so, so far. far but you know what's really funny is that i was thinking about this episode before we watched it and i retained that i enjoyed it and that marrow was in it but i didn't remember what happens in it and so when i watched it this time i was like wow this is really good I like all it. the stuff they do any episode they spend time out in the future taken over by the sentinels is in a lot of ways much better and more interesting than what's happening in the past just because it's like this crazy mad max yeah. world that we really haven't seen animated in any of these tv shows like we've seen like a clip of it and I think it was it wasn't called days of future past it was like TAS we saw some of it right but it wasn't like this detailed and i think yeah, it's really yeah, yeah, yeah. cool and also like in tas bishop's future okay it's depicted very similarly i will say that like clearly they're taking it, it from is. that and from the comics as well which i like i like that but like we barely see it in tas and bishop is so incompetent in ts that it's not fun to really watch those episodes they also had all these random mutants that were made up for that episode i know this one has actual mutants from the comics in it. It was really cool. Yeah, it was cool. Well, anyway, so basically we cut to the future now and little do we know that we're going to be spending most of the episode here because that's not usually the format of this TV show. Mm -hmm. And Xavier like leaves Cerebro, which is dilapidated. Yeah. And so he's in the X-Mansion, which has fallen apart, which is actually kind of sad. Well, to be clear, he is underground. Right. That's where he's living. Yes. Yes. And he's like going through these piles of books after he said that mm -hmm. and he's reading them and he picks up a book that I think was written by Hank. Yeah. And Xavier's like, I wish you were here, Hank. You would love doing this research. So it's sad that he's dead. And then like, honestly, this is like the first time I kind of felt bad for Xavier because the Sentinels suddenly attack and it's like terrifying. Horrifying. Terrifying. It's like really scary. Yeah. Like if this was real life and he himself looks terrified. I know like, the animation of his face is really good here. It is. It, I, I just it's so scary and there's no dialogue. It's just fucking terrifying where Xavier is like running around and crawling around while the Sentinels are punching holes in the ground, reaching in for him. Like the animation is good. It's set up like a horror movie because yeah. he hears like the ground shake and the whole. And he immediately knows, like, because it's Xavier, so he knows what's going on. But and he he crawls into like this corner, and there's like silence, and he's like, "Okay, maybe he left." No. And then suddenly, this laser shoots through the mansion and cuts a hole, and the Reaches sentinels in, are there, like fucking King Kong, and grabs him, and we see like it, it, Xavier looking so terrified because he's like, "This is it. I'm gonna fucking die. Like it's all over for me now." Because he, oh yeah, he's, he's fucked. He has no way out of this. So like it's like really good, and they put the opening credits here too. So I I'm know. like, I guess Xavier's dead. J.K. <laughs> I wish too not hard. Dead. Of course he's not dead. So then we get to see Xavier managing to escape being grabbed, and he runs out a different door that leads to like a manhole cover because he's living underground. But then another sentinel grabs him with tentacles, 
And the Sentinel's like, mutant detected, alert, unknown energy source detected, which is Cerebro, which they are uh, yeah. so fucked. Like, I loved this because the stakes are legit really high. <laughs> like, I was like stressed <laughs> out. I was like, oh my God. Well, this kind of like <laughs> reminds me of the good parts of the Days of Future Past movie yes. where they had the Sentinels in the future who were able to track mutants for a and, similar reason. And, and then in adapt. this episode, adapt and learn mutant powers, which we'll get to. But that's fucking terrifying, too. I loved it. It I loved is. It. So the Sentinels all smash down and lift Cerebro like the sphere the big round room. Well, first they destroy the remnants of the actual know, mansion. They just sad. blow it up. And then they rip out Cerebro, it's, which it's, is like... And Xavier's just watching all of this, like, completely destroyed emotionally. Like, lying on the ground watching his last hope be destroyed. And he's, like, saying no, oh, yeah. Cerebro. It's, like, like really burying his awful. head in the dirt. It's really sad. <laughs> By the way, really Cerebro, sad. when you pull it out of the ground, really looks a lot like the crane base from Ninja Turtles. <laughs> so... <laughs> Xavier is Krang. If you think about it, Xavier's Krang. Yeah, he is taking it. Well, he would have to build himself robot suits and then put his brain in them. But I guess he just considers people robots. <laughs> so then we go. Wait, the Sentinels basically hook shot Cerebro out of the basement, take it away. And then we go back to the past. Well, I'm, I, let's call it the present day because otherwise we're going to go crazy. Oh, right. <laughs> good point. Good point. Uh, so X-Men are outside the Trask Industries for probably one of my favorite moments in this episode in which all the X-Men are standing super dramatically like super gothed out like we would have okay because uh, then. okay but then cyclops <laughs> has the best line in the whole episode which i was surprised they gave to cyclops and i'm kind of glad they did me too he owns it yes uh scott just goes so are we all posing for a painting logan or are we actually going to do something <laughs> and i was like laughing I had to pause because I laughed so hard because it's Scott calling out how stupid that is. And I was like, I like it. I loved it. And I loved the shot of Logan sighing, like annoyed in response to that. Like, he's like, God, everybody's got a fucking little comment like Jesus. And it's like, Logan, okay. you are the leader. You're the you one do this. I know. Lead. Like, tell people Good what God. to do. I know. And then Logan, Logan's like, this don't smell right. And Emma's just like, it's probably you. You never shower. <laughs> I love this show. I'm so glad we're like back on track. You know what I mean? Like the last couple episodes, yeah, like finally I'm like, okay, we're back on track. I don't think I, okay. I honestly, I don't think the rest of the TV show really goes off the rails. Like it does in those, those three episodes. For some reason, those fingers like, crossed because I mean, again, the next episode looks like it's going to be really good. Like, I, I think we're good now. I think we're good for at least yeah, the next couple I don't episodes. Really don't I don't know what the fuck was going on for a second there, but we're back. We're back. I mean, I know we go back to the Mojo verse later, but that's a little bit more enjoyable because that's much later on. The next episode is Nightcrawler arriving at Genosha and meeting the Scarlet Witch. So that'll be fun. And maybe Mojo will be involved for some fucking reason. No, I think it's after that episode. I don't remember the order of these episodes. There's a lot of it's them. Coming anyway, up, so Forge is here, and this is basically Forge from X-Men Evolution. <laughs> okay, the fact that Forge is here is hilarious. So, like, again, it's still Forge is clearly the teenager. It's very different from Forge in the comic oh, books yeah. by, by a long Because shot. he's a little kid. Anyway, I love yeah. this version of Forge. So he is wearing a full bulletproof vest and camo face paint because this is his first mission, like, outside. Like, he's a fucking gamer and he never leaves yeah, the house. And Kitty and Bobby are just staring at it's him and so being like, funny. what the hell? And Forge <laughs> is like, we're still going inside, right? And Logan is like, don't make me regret bringing you Forge. You're 
you're only here for analysis because obviously they're going to break right. into Trask's warehouse and analyze his lab. And for just of like, yeah, 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 sure, whatever. But we're going inside, right? And Logan is like face palming in the, in the foreground. Like the future has to be easier than this, which frankly, Logan, it's not. It's not. <laughs> I know because we cut to the future and the Sentinels still have Cerebro. Yeah. And they basically go to this mutant detention camp yes. where they throw Xavier in and he's all wrapped in, wrapped up in Tentacles some sort of still, like. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Uh, the girl with fire hair is supposed to be Firestar, yes. which I did not know the first time I watched yeah, it's this. Firestar. And so that was kind of I, cool. I looked up all the mutants and I think think i've got them all right but there's a lot of mutants Me in the too. background here so it's actually pretty tricky especially since there are there is not as detailed of a wiki for this show as x-men evolution which continues to make me really sad shout out to the x-men evolution wiki by the way those fans shout out to x-men evolution hardcore oh yeah they are really updating that wiki still people who update this at wiki we gotta get it together folks like i feel like i need to start updating that wiki or something because i'm out here <laughs> taking all these notes um but anyway it's not as good so Xavier is watching as the Sentinels are carrying the Cerebro sphere, this massive sphere, into this huge docking bay, like up in this big tower. And we're like, huh. The tower is pretty terrifying, by the way. This is like Half-Life 2 shit. Like everything looks so foreboding, like fucking alien and weird because this is a world that's run by robots. So it's like, yeah, fuck. Right fucked up and so who else turns out to be a robot is general moss who's half i did not recognize him at first you didn't i straight up didn't recognize him i was like who's this new character and then they did a zoom in stupid claws on his face the stupid mustache and the claws and then i was like oh my god he looks really different because he's got like a half robot face now and he's like dressed in armor like a cameron hodge here situation where he was like i'm just gonna assimilate with the board i don't think he wanted to do it that's not the impression i got i think he was forced to well i guess i'll find out he's half robot now and he has this big cattle prod and this is where i wrote i think i've read this fanfic because he's like cattle prodding everybody and putting them in inhibitor collars and i was like okay (laughs) (laughs) so then xavier manages to pull off his own ropes which i was like why is he capable of doing that but anyway um firestar gets collared and she starts screaming in pain um, and meanwhile, Hellion Pretty is in the awful. background. Yeah, it's really sad. Okay, so, all right, I'm just going to say right now that today's spotlight is on Mero and not Hellion because I... Or Kamal or Firestar. I mean, there's so well, many I've got, I've, got some, I've got stuff for Kamal and Firestar, will, she's going to show up at some point when we watch some of those Spider-Man episodes. So don't worry about Firestar. But so wait, are we going to do... Are we doing a quick who's that X-Men on Hellion right now? No, we're not because Hellion's okay, backstory okay. is too much and I don't know if he appears again or not, but he is more pivotal to this episode than Marrow is, but I had already written all the notes on Marrow. You're earlier, fine. Earlier this week. It's all good. And listen, folks, it's been a busy week. So Hellion <laughs> is really cool. I'll find a place to do um, a spotlight on him sometime in the future. But yeah, he's one of the the new X-Men in the second round of new X-Men during the Grant Morrison era. He's really cool in this episode, too. He is. I, I really like this episode. I do, too. Okay. Also, in the background is Bishop looking fucking grumpy as fuck. Yeah. And who the hell could blame him? Yeah. I mean, kind of fucked up situation we're in here. So Hellion is freaking out. Hellion is one of the new captives, so he also doesn't yet have a collar on. And he's screaming, get away from me. And he has these green telekinetic energy blasts that he can do. Yeah. Um, and then we see uh, Colonel Moss. He's probably higher than a colonel, but we don't know what his rank is anymore. And he has this metal arm and he uses it to blast Hellion and then tells a sentinel 
He's a telekinetic. Transfer him to the tower. Right. Which is like, oh, what? Yeah. So the Sentinel picks up Hellion and walks away. And Xavier just looks around and sees Bishop standing there with his M face tattoo, like looking pissed off. And um, then Moss screams at Xavier. I said, face me, mutant. And like hits him with the cattle prod. It's fucking terrifying. Like this entire episode is like, whoa. I know. <laughs> like, I know. Also, like. I don't think humans are alive anymore. Yeah. I think it's just mutants. Right. Well, okay. So here's my theory. I think the humans that exist are cyborgs like Moss. They must be. Oh, right. Okay. That makes sense because that was the only way that they could evolve yep. to match mutants. Which is okay, also got something it. that's kind of been done in the comics with the Krakoa era. It's kind of been depicted as to like what the future's like, you know? Yeah. I mean, those, those cyborgs and Krakoa are terrifying. I know. I know. I'm just saying all this stuff matches up. It's like comic accurate. Anyway, that's part of why this episode's so fucking cool. Yeah, it is. Anyway, so Xavier, actually, I'm on his side with me this too. because now Xavier's like, okay, so he still has enough of a human brain for me to mind wipe. And so I'm going to I'm going to make him think that he turned on the collar. But he didn't. And leave. Yes. Right. It's perfect. And they actually animate this really well and like script it really well, where it's really clear what Xavier's doing, which is Hard to do, by the way. So it's I'm giving them a big shout out for this. You know what's really interesting? I think Xavier's a much more sympathetic character when he's in a world like this where his fucking manipulative bullshit is like no longer helpful to himself or anyone. It's also like he has to read everybody's minds immediately because it's the only way to survive this scenario. You know, it's no longer rude. Right. It's no longer <laughs> like him being like, I'm going to just get along with humans and brainwash whoever I want because like he doesn't have time for that shit anymore. Mm -hmm. That doesn't, that's not how this works. Yeah. And even Marrow's like, uh, what the fuck's happening here? How'd you stop that guy? Yeah. And Xavier just turns around and he does kind of this bullshitty thing where he's like, hello, Sarah. And I was like, why the fuck do you know my name? And Xavier's like, because I'm in your head. I'm like, Xavier, <laughs> I actually you were feel really like cool him, like right up until this point. I, okay, I'm going to take back what I just said. I think it's weird that he immediately mind reads everyone to know their names. Like, Xavier, just let people introduce themselves to you. Like, why are you like this? Like, no one enjoys this from you. It's rude and weird. It is really rude and weird. But I don't know. I'm just going to I'm going to move on from it. Uh -huh. Bishop walks over. This is really crazy, too. Bishop's like, so you're a telepath. Yep. And then somebody else. Kamal. It's Kamal. Oh, it is Kamal. Yeah. OK, so he's like. Okay, that's impossible because the Sentinels killed all yeah. the telepaths. And it's like, okay, so why did they do that? We don't really fully yeah, know. Well, it kind of makes sense because telepaths are so powerful. Okay, but here's the thing, though, is that a telepath may be powerful against a sentient like being with the brain but the sentinels are just robots they have nothing against the robots so i want to know what made well, them be like i think it's because of what we just saw happen like xavier was able to brainwash a human into not putting a collar on him and apparently the sentinels can't tell that happened it takes them a really long time in this episode to figure it out okay but unless they're also afraid of like the sentinels being afraid of aliens like the she are yeah, showing up yeah, which sure. xavier or gene could easily reach just being like, yep. I'm just gonna reach out psychically to three galaxies over. Anything with an organic brain, anything with an organic brain, Xavier can control. Right. Even okay. an animal. Uh, yeah. So yeah, well, I think the true. Sentinels, okay, I mean, it's fucked up, but I mean, if the Sentinels wanna win, I get why they killed all the telepaths. <laughs> like, it, it makes sense. Yeah, I know, I guess, but I, I would, if I was a Sentinel, I would be more concerned about what Magneto and Polaris were up to. Those guys might be dead. I no, don't know. No, I don't actually remember what happens to Magneto in the future. We'll find out. But I 
know that Polaris is found in the middle of the desert later and she's like Dyke Polaris and she's like I love it super punked out it's it's so good and she basically reforms the Sentinel in that episode to fight other Sentinels it's really good oh my god that's awesome anyway so Xavier hears this from Kamal hears all the telepaths are dead and he just reacts by staring like what yeah I know and then Bishop walks up and Bishop is like hello professor my name is Bishop Wolverine told me a lot about you and Xavier's like what and he's like how do you know him and Bishop's like my old boyfriend Wolverine told me about you <laughs> I know so and I was like I'm glad they're still dating on this show I also love it. And then- honestly I ship it Bishop is fucking cool on this like I kind of think he and Wolverine would get along great in this version I think they I think they would have some amazing sex like Logan oh, yeah. fucking other soldiers like oh it's the same reason we like Logan when he matches up with Cable yes, and we're like very similar vibes they're just like survivors and it's hot I don't know. Something steamy about like, you know, Resident Evil when the whole world's been taken over by zombies. And so Chris and Leon are like, like, it's the end of the world. We're together. Yeah. Chris and Leon are like in a room together and they're like, listen, (laughs) there's no one left. So we may as well fuck. And it's like hot and steamy. The zombies are watching through a window. And Chris is like, is it okay that I've like previously fucked Wesker and I was kind of into it? And Leon is like, (laughs) um, I guess. Anyway, so Xavier is like, after a commercial break, Xavier's like, you know Wolverine? And Bishop is like, yeah, we dated and became his X-Men. He trained us, but he got captured during a Sentinel attack and we haven't seen him in a few years, which is important to know. Yeah, and Bishop is the one who put up the gravestone just to remember him, which is also very romantic. It's like, oh, he had to to grieve Wolverine because he's just been assuming Wolverine is dead. But come on, it's Wolverine. I agree. I kind of wonder if Logan would be a better leader in a post-apocalyptic world than in this one. Because like now it's about survival where is in the present time he's fighting politics which he can't do that he's too stupid i love him but he's too stupid he's on the right side but like he's just not good at that but i think when it comes to a world when it's like you have nothing left and you're just trying to live yeah he can survive the fucking what what, i i mean i don't know what's in this world because according to this there's no vegetation either so i don't understand like how they're even alive there's no water there's no food well they don't sentinels don't need that they live in caves which we found out later which is crazy. So Xavier responds by being like, Wolverine was captured. And Bishop's like, is that hard to believe? And Xavier's like, nearly impossible. But these are strange days. And then they both look up at this huge sentinel that's staring at them, which is this is the moment where I was like, so I guess the sentinels can't tell Xavier's collar isn't on. Right. Because he the sentinel lets them walk by. So I'm like, oh my God, when are they gonna get caught? This is so stressful. Okay, but also I was I laughed really hard when Xavier was standing there and he was like Logan got captured. And I'm like, that dude gets captured all the time. Remember all of Weapon X? Okay, but counterpoint, we just watched an episode where like 6,000 MRDs couldn't kidnap Logan. That's the time period Xavier has been watching from the future is that he's like, Logan's doing just fine out there, but up against a Sentinel... No way. Okay, I don't remember how it ends. I know that Logan's alive because he basically faked something. I don't remember what it is. So that is pretty cool. Well, okay, Dodoy Logan is alive. It's Logan. You don't even need to tell me that. I know. Okay. Did you know that Logan's alive? I wonder if his brain gets ripped apart and he loses his memories. Mm, No way to know. I don't know. So then Xavier asked the question we're all asking, which is, I don't understand the purpose of this place. Why would the Sentinels keep mutants alive at all? And then Kamal steps up to be like, they need us. We don't know why. Mutants are taken inside the tower one by one and they never come out. Do you want me to do a quick like? Yeah. (laughs) Oh my 
god who's that x-men uh, who's that x-men uh so kamal very short it's funny because you message me and you go can we do a little short spotlight on kamal and like yeah it's two sentences so <laughs> kamal first appeared in magneto number one it was created by peter milligan jorge gonzalez uh and kelly jones kamal's power is matter absorption which gives him superhuman strength durability and the power to assume the physical properties of any solid object so touch cool, kind of like mondo from generation x yeah very similar vibe i like this power i think it's really cool and they do a good job showing right. it in this episode okay so Kamal was among the acolytes mm-hmm. encountered by the clone of Magneto Joseph in the remains of the acolytes orbital base in Avalon. He doesn't really have a major plot in that. He's just there. Also, I'm pretty sure in the comics he's white, whereas he's definitely a brown guy on this show. Well, I don't know. His whole face is masked, so we're not really sure. And oh, so, okay. I saw a drawing of him where I, I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? I, I'm so basically fans theorize that he died on Genosha because he's not been seen since Cassandra's Nova's Sentinels destroying the island. And so talk about a guy who should get resurrected. Yeah, seriously, but also really random character to have here. Yeah. Like, I almost, I'm glad they made him like a person of color. Yeah. But I kind I of almost cool. away wish it was Mondo, which would have been the same situation. Right. But Mondo is a little bit more well known, identifiable. Yeah. Right. I kind of liked it, honestly, because I felt like every other mutant here was really identifiable. Like, Hellion, people probably could recognize just from his green telekinesis and stuff. And like, Mero, it's obviously recognizable. And then we know Domino. So like all of that is cool, but then they just have a random guy where it's like, and come on. Well, this is not the first time either because this is the same team that was X-Men Evolution and they were like, what about Berserker, a character who barely did anything in the comic books and he's back on this show. I know. I was like, I thought that was cool that he was back. I don't know. I just, I kind of like it. I feel like it's something, I mean, maybe Christopher Yost and the rest of the team were just like, it's fun to include at least one really obscure character, you know? Like, I wonder if that was like an editorial directive that they had. I'm not against this. I yeah. think it was interesting. I, I was, I'm down with it. Um. So anyway, Xavier's like, what about trying to escape? And Bishop's like, that, my friend, is why we're here. We've got X-Men waiting on the outside. At dawn, we're breaking every single mutant out of here. Fucking badass. And Xavier is like a little bitch here and crosses his arm and arms. And he's like, quite the risk allowing yourselves to be captured. And Bishop is like... I didn't become an X-Man to play it safe. Besides, we have luck on our side. And then he gestures and Domino walks over to them and we're like, looking extra gay okay she's like got a new haircut too that's super butch and i'm like damn she does and i love that she's there and just by having her there it evens their odds because domino's like a a pocket rock you put it you put her in your pocket and it brings you money you know (laughs) yeah she's a rabbit's foot um so then we go back to the present day uh the trask trask's lab scene kitty phases up through the ground right in front of the two security guards who are like oh hey and kitty goes hi which is the funniest part of the episode possibly (laughs) and then bobby kills them and kitty turns around and just jazz hands and goes ta-da which is so good then logan and scott walk up and logan is like this is way too easy and scott's like you're right logan let's do it the hard way and then blasts open the entire building with his eye beams which like okay this like bitchy goth scott is very funny by the way he is because then emma's standing next to him and she's like this mission is stupid (laughs) (laughs) she walks in and she's like you know when you told us about your charming little plan i pictured this lab as being far more populated because there's no one inside it's completely empty yeah and logan is like trask must have cleared it out 
Frost scan the guards' minds. And she's like, I already did that. They don't know shit. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, and then Forge is just crying in the background. He's like, Yeah, Forge is like, this is my first field operation and nothing is here. He's like, don't worry, there'll be other times for you to be gay. And I'm like, okay. And then and then look at again, turns to the camera to no one, and it's like, I hope you have better luck than us, Chuck. And I'm like, look at why do you keep talking as if Xavier has already come to you and been like, hey the future sucks everyone's dead and the can keeps on being like well i hope things are going better for Chuck E. cheese up there and i'm like okay does Logan understand how time works like it's like <laughs> no charles only has better luck if you guys succeed like that doesn't like what are you saying <laughs> <laughs> i don't even know so but then it's really funny because this is also really amazing where it goes back to the future and barrow basically <laughs> recaps she's like wait Everything you just told me about waking up from a coma and using your brain to talk to people in the past is literally the stupidest fucking thing I've ever heard. And I don't believe you. And it's like, to be fair, it's I mean, I know that's what's actually happening, but it doesn't really make any sense. And Marrow's the person who points it out. I I mean, it's not really fully explained on this show, honestly. And Marrow's like, the fuck is this? Which is very Marrow. Yeah. And Charles is like, well, that's not how I would have summed it up. But I guess that's true. (laughs) And I'm like, Charles, how would you have summed it up? Because Everything okay. she said is no, true. No, excuse me. First, Xavier responds to Marrow's. She goes inside Marrow's brain for no reason, and then goes, yep. "I prefer when my students call me professor." And I'm like, first of all, when did she give him permission to be in her head? Secondly, Never. She's not his student. If anything, she's like Logan's our bishops. I don't know. It's because Xavier's there, and Xavier's like, as long as I hear, everyone does what I say, and it's like mm, they really don't anymore, though, dude. I think you like had sort of been on track of realizing that, but now you're off the track again. You think Mm -hmm. that you're great. Yeah. Cool. It's annoying. And then he's like, it may sound ridiculous, but I need to get inside the tower. And Domino just bursts out laughing from the corner, which I loved because she's just like, you're fucking crazy, dude. Like we're not helping (laughs) you. And I don't know who the fuck you are. And Kamal is like, Marrow had you pegged, old man. You are crazy. And Charles is like, perhaps. But the Sentinels took something from me. And if I don't get it back, nothing you do will matter. It's called Cerebro. It's a tracking system I created. I use it to find mutants in need to help them. But if the Sentinels could somehow access it, there would be no running, no hiding, no hope. And Marrow was like, what the fuck? Why? <laughs> I mean, honestly, you know what? I I understand the purpose of Cerebro in the present day. Like they're but like, in oh this yeah, time we want to find the we want to find the queers. However, this Meru has a solid point here that Cerebro is a really dangerous piece of technology that should have never been invented. And like, I know that we're trying to use Cerebro to save people, but if that thing is in the wrong person's hands, what the movies has done a couple times, like everyone could just die. Like, imagine somebody, like imagine somebody that was on our side for the, for us queers, and they're like, okay, we have this tracking system that can tell us whoever is queer whether they're out or not, and like if they're in danger and if they need to be saved from some like. Ter- terrifying home situation right and then a super conservative person on the senate gets it and then they're like okay now we can track all of them and it's like that's terrifying and that's barrow's argument here and she's not wrong yeah she's like you need to fucking destroy this like you've just destroyed everything for us by having this mutant tracker and now the sentinels have it like what the fuck is wrong with you and like xavier's like it's my only link to the past and Mero's like it's the fucking present now shut the fuck up and i don't want to listen to you, you stupid piece of shit and she storms off yeah it's completely valid and charles is like sarah wait <laughs> and bishop is like don't worry about her 
you know, kids here and now is all that matters, which like is a fair point. Yeah. Like she's like, I need to fucking survive now. And Bishop is like, I like time travel. I'm into it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, cur- I'm time travel curious. He, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Xavier is like, we can win this. And getting Cerebro back is the first step. And Bishop turns to Domino and he's like, Domino, Kamal, proceed as planned. Get everybody out. I'm going to go with the professor. And Domino is like, why the fuck are you helping this crazy guy? Like, what is going on with you? Well, she also specifically says, don't let this crazy man get inside your head, which I thought was an interesting choice of words. Yeah, I liked that, too. And then she goes, you're our leader. And Bishop goes, and he's Professor X, the guy Wolverine listens to. Sometimes. Yeah. I mean, it's Logan. And Domino just kind of smirks and is like, your funeral. And she leaves. I love Domino so much. I love much. Domino. They like really did a good job with their characterization on this show. They really did. I love her. So then we get a new scene of Bishop and Charles walking together with Colonel Moss, who is leading them into the tower because he's being mind controlled by Xavier. And they're walking by a bunch of sentinels and shit. And Bishop is like, I don't like this, mind controlled or not. And Xavier's like, the sentinels are in charge here, not humans. Moss executes his tasks like a machine, delivering mutants to the tower. He doesn't even know why. Which that's terrifying too, by the way. That is terrifying. I think you're right that that one line of dialogue explains that humans have been assimilated to sentinels, which is fucked up. Yeah, it is. And yet it's exactly what would happen. Anyway, Moss uses his metal arm to like open all these sentinel doorways and stuff. Wait, hold on. There's like a part here where Moss sticks his hand into a glory hole, basically. That's apparently like a key. I don't even know know. what that was, but I was like, what the hell am I looking at? Yeah. Um, And then at one point, Moss turns around and like aims the metal arm at Bishop. And you're like, wait, is he going to kill Bishop? But then he just removes Bishop's collar and Xavier's like, thank you, Colonel Moss. And it's like, why didn't you do that before? But whatever. Anyway, um, (laughs) um, they get inside and Xavier's like, Colonel Moss has found Cerebro. It's above us. Level seven. Wait, there's something else here as well. A mutant alive. And then we see a new scene of Hellion. He's being fucking tortured, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, He's like in some sort of crazy Han Solo sexy zap torture chamber. That's what's happening here. (laughs) He is being zapped sexually. And then we see a sentinel who's like calling all the shots and doing the sexy zapping. And then it like presses a button. And then um, we see the camera panning over to reveal that like Xavier Bishop and Moss are on a catwalk overhead, like watching all of this unfold. Right. And then we see the Sentinel turn around and suddenly it has Hellion's powers and it can lift like a metal box with like green telekinesis. Also terrifying. Yeah. And then Xavier recaps the plot for us real quick in case we didn't get it. (laughs) He's like the Sentinel. It just lifted that cube telekinetically. They've mechanically reproduced that mutant child's power. They're trying to evolve. Yeah. And then Bishop is just like Master Mold will stop at nothing. And Xavier's like, okay, wait, hold on. Back the fuck up. That's the second time I've heard the name Master Mold today. And Bishop's like, yeah, it's the thing that's in charge of this. Like, hello. Like, it's not, (laughs) it's called Master Mold mold like yeah, it's got it's the, master it's in the name all of the sentinels from a yeah. master which is <laughs> master computer hello <laughs> it's like looking at xavier like wait computers okay well xavier should know a computer he uses cerebro logan doesn't logan know how to type doesn't know anything logan's still like trying to sign on to the computer and oh god he's the person like sits there he's like the computer's not responding. He's banging on the keyboard and Katie's like, well, here's the on button. And she pushes it. <laughs> oh 
my God. Anyway, so Bishop says, that's the Sentinel responsible for all of this. The detention center is hunting us down. That's why Logan formed the X-Men to find Master Mold and destroy it. Right. And then suddenly we cut over to Colonel Moss's POV and he's like using his red cyborg guy to analyze Xavier and Bishop. And then Moss is like, error. Here's my theory. I don't think it's Moss. I think Master Mold is somehow. Yeah, you're right. It's like a sentinel or something. No, I think Master Mold is sending like some sort of Bluetooth signal and tapping in to see what's going on and sees this and takes over. It is because so what Moss says or what this secret sentinel AI says is error, bio unit compromised, brainwave patterns corrupt switching to sentinel mode and then suddenly moss's entire body gets covered in armor including his face he turns into a transformer it's fucking terrifying so it's like now he's not human at all anymore he's now a decepticon he's like been fully transformed into a machine yes and then the sentinel reaches over to shoot xavier with this huge pink beam and bishop leaps in front of it and absorbs it and shoots it back the sentinel which is fucking badass it looks so cool i'm like why didn't we do this more often in tas i I think it's just because because it's a different era. That's really just the answer. Yeah, and I thought like it was so a cool. Less racist era, I guess, except for Storm, who I don't know. It's like Bishop well, and Storm have swapped know. places, and now Bishop is allowed to be cool, but Storm isn't, or something. I don't know. I, I don't really understand. They're both amazing, and so they try to escape, but another Sentinel, if not still Moss, busts through the door. I'm not sure. I, I assumed it was the same one, but I'm not sure. I could not tell because I thought it might have been the one learning telekinesis, but it's not because I would have used it. Oh, maybe. So yeah. Anyway, he busts through the and they die oh just kidding they're alive but there was a commercial break so we're not sure (laughs) yeah and then the sentinel keeps shooting pink beams and bishop keeps absorbing them and he's like run away professor i can hold this one off because you're fucking useless at machines you can't fucking (laughs) read their minds so um bishop keeps trying to shoot at the sentinel but it keeps dodging the blast and like running across the beams like a creepy cat on a catwalk it's like super nimble looking and scary i don't know i just thought the Sentinels were like animated really cool. I thought the animation was really good here. Yeah. And then Xavier hops down to Hellion. Yeah. And Hellion's like, are you here to rescue me? And Xavier's like, your name's Julian, first of all. And no, I'm not here to rescue because I need to immediately use your powers to save myself. And <laughs> <laughs> Hellion is like, what the fuck? I'm really weak right now. Yeah, they've been zapping me for hours. Yeah. Meanwhile, Bishop is doing like 60 backflips and like shooting at a thousand Sentinels and it's so badass and it's like I was fucking like, amazing. So happy that Bishop finally got to be cool I know. like it was just such a breath of fresh air because he didn't really get that on tas he didn't get any lines or action sequences in days of future past he was just kind of ba- a background character with Storm. yeah it was like omar sai saying one line and then getting shot which in the honestly face says everything about brian Singer right there anyway whatever anyway so then the sentinel does something really fucking scary where it stops and it goes observation energy beam ineffective adapting and then it like adapts and this time the sentinel doesn't shoot beams at him anymore it just flies towards bishop and knocks him through like 60 walls i well he creates a force field around himself first which is just a different power that they've adapted and now they're like okay we can use this power against this pokemon it's like a pokemon battle it's like yeah ice beats fire i don't know oh wait it's, no it actually doesn't it's water beats fire thanks ryan for being <laughs> bad at pokemon <laughs> Uh, so then after Bishop gets knocked through a million walls, he like grabs this electrical cable that 
that's inside the wall. It's so fucking up. cool. It's like so it's cool. been broken because the Sentinel tried punching him and punched a hole in the wall. Yes. There's like a live wire. He grabs it with his hand to charge himself and then grab the Sentinel and fries his circuits. And I'm like, it's so cool. This is so cool. I could not get over how cool Bishop was in this episode. He deserves this. He does. He really, really does. Oh, okay. Never mind. I wrote down the same thing you did. I wrote Vanish Room <laughs> Berserker having a sexy date outside the base. Okay. Just kidding. Apparently, I also thought they were gay. Well, because they're lying outside together in like a little like foxhole cuddling. snuggling. Yeah. Okay. And they see a bunch of sentinels flying up into the air and Berserker's like, Vanisher, I thought Domino's signal was supposed to be a flare. And Vanisher's like, eh, this works too. Berserker actually looks like Berserker this time too. He does. He has a cool mohawk and like a million piercings. They both look badass. It's adorable. He's like all my friends in Providence, Rhode Island, basically. Um, And then suddenly the mutant alarm starts going off, but it's like a really fucking loud, terrifying mutant alarm because it's inside this tower and like all the sentinels start walking yeah, towards like, the tower oh, together. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> And oh it's really funny because everyone outside looks out at the tower that's blinking and blasting this noise and freaking Kamal's like, this looks bad. And then everyone's collars fall off and Dominic goes, bad or lucky. And it's I love like, that. I love that. <laughs> I love Domino. And then Vanisher appears with guns. He goes, who wants presents? And I was yeah. like, this is incredible. I don't know how yeah. this scene was written, but I love every second of yeah, it. Yeah, he like bamfs in. And now everybody's collars are off so they can all use their powers. It's pretty great. Yeah. So Hellion is like back with Xavier having just been freed. And he's like gasping. And he's like, I need a minute. I'm fucking dying. And the Sentinels are like marching towards them. And Xavier's like, we really don't have a minute. We're about to fucking die. And Hellion's <laughs> like, well... I don't have anything left. <laughs> and the Sentinels are like, mutants, stand down. You have three seconds to comply. Why are the Sentinels trying to get them to stand down? Like, I thought their goal was to kill them. Well, I guess they don't want to because they want to steal their powers. Well, they want to do more experimenting on them like they did with Rogue in Days of Future Past, right? Yeah, I guess so. And Xavier's like, you can do this, Julian. Don't be afraid. Focus. And then the Sentinels like are about to fire and Hellion manages to create this like green orb all around them to shield them from the beams. Yeah. And it's actually pretty great. It is until the Sentinels are like telekinetic shield detected adapting. And they're like, we got to get the fuck out of here. So Bishop blasts the Sentinels away, which is also badass. And he's like, let's grab your machine and get the fuck out of here. So I don't even understand what the hell I'm looking at here, but they go into this other room. They find Cerebro attached to some vials of green goo that's just floating in the air. And I was like, what am I looking at? I was like, I didn't really understand what it was, but all I, think I know it's is it's bad. supposed to be like, the. I think it's actually good. I thought it was bad at first too, but then they take all the goo with them. So I'm like, I guess that's what powers Cerebro. No, I, I mean, like, I think it's bad that, oh, you're saying that that's the inner okay i got it so they like took the machine apart and that's what they found yes oh you know what they're pulling this from the x-men movies because there's multi- i think so there's two different x-men movies where mystique goes in there and replaces that goo with like red goo or something yeah that's how you fuck up cerebro you take the yellow goo and you replace it with different goo evil goo yeah right <laughs> I don't know. Meanwhile, Domino's outside. I can't describe what's happening, but she's being a badass and they give her a lot of animation of her flipping around, doing a whole floor show, doing cartwheels and shooting at the Sentinels. And it's so cool. Kamal absorbs the wall of the jail. I don't know. It's not really a jail. Whatever the the wall is, that's imprisoned. Right. And he turns into the wall and then he breaks it apart. Berserker runs in. Mero and some other mutants are trapped by a sentinel in like this house that's burning apart 
Firestar frees them by melting a hole through the wall. Then we get to see these awesome cutscenes of Marrow and Firestar working together to take out a Sentinel. Like Marrow does some crazy ass Ewok shit where she's like <laughs> tr- tripping ATATs by yeah with like a huge them. cable. It's like falling she's like- down, and then meanwhile Firestar's melting the Sentinel, which is really fucking cool. A Sentinel kidnaps Xavier at one point. Oh yeah, no, it it did that because Domino looks up and sees that Xavier's captured again. She's like crazy old man. <laughs> uh, then that Sentinel tries to shoot Domino but she slides free because she's lucky baby and she shoots Xavier out of the Sentinel's hand Xavier falls to his death but he sadly doesn't die because Hellion (laughs) catches him with his powers and Hellion's like uh let's get the fuck out of here but how are we doing that and Bishop's just like absorbing more blasts the Sentinels are shooting shooting them back at him Kamal absorbs the Sentinel's metal arm or something or just the metal part is really cool it is and then he beats the shit out of the Sentinel yeah by the way Thunderbird is here. He's just here. Yeah. He has no lines. Okay, he knocks Marrow over and runs away. Ah, thanks, Thunderbird. (laughs) It was really rude. Like, why did he do that? What the hell? (laughs) And then Marrow like gets up really slowly and is like staring in shock at the Sentinel, and Xavier has to leap over to save her. Which I was like, why is this scene even here? Okay, yeah, and then he can't do anything about it because he's barrel rolling over there, and they're gonna die. And then Bishop runs over and saves them, and is like, "Come on, we have to actually leave." I know. And Hellions (laughs) also got all Cerebro floating behind him, so they all escape. And yeah. I, I mean, I thought it was a really good scene. I kind of blew through it, but you really have to watch it to see how it's cool, cool it truly is. Because it's actually yeah. a really well animated fight scene that does a good job at showcasing all these different characters' powers and how they would be used strategically on the battlefield. And mm-hmm. I thought that was super cool, except for Thunderbird. I don't know why he was there. <laughs> Thunderbird just like running away. He's still mad about when he died back in the 80s. And so yeah. he's just like, fuck this. And he runs away. Uh, so then we go back to the past and Xavier's like, by the way, I figured out what Master Mold is. And it's this thing that's creating all the Sentinels and giving birth to them. And Logan's like, he's still like, you read that from a newspaper? <laughs> This is the line. This is the line I'm talking about. I know. Like, okay. You didn't read that in a newspaper, Xavier. You found it out from fucking going there. I thought he said it at the beginning, but you're right that it's at the end. Also, Hank is here and he doesn't have any lines. He's just staring at the both of them like they're both insane. They are. Which is a really funny animation for Hank to have. It is. And then it goes back to the future. But yeah, so I think I think this is confirmed like Xavier's lying. I think so. Anyway. I do, Yeah. It's like, I don't know what the purpose of him lying is going to benefit the future but whatever uh but back in the future xavier is on cerebro mara pulls it off his head so when we say he's on cerebro by the way they are out in the wasteland sitting by a fire and he's like sitting on a rock well i don't know where they are i don't think they're outside i actually think they're inside a cave because that would be the best place to hide from a sentinel is like deep underground right Yeah, you're right so like they but they have a fire i'm just saying like it's not like he's in a big round room or something he's like using fucking He's using Cerebro, but it's like, you know, barely hooked up. Like, it's cool. It's a cool scene. And so then Xavier's like really weak physically. And he's like slowly taking off the helmet and like Sarah helps him with it. Yeah. And he's like, thank you, Sarah. And she's like, sure thing, professor, which I'm calling you now because now I like you. And I was like annoyed by that. Yeah, she's like, I am your student. And we're like, shut the fuck up. What is this? (laughs) 
<laughs> Bishop is like, glad you got your machine back. But with Master Mold still out there hunting us, things are sure to get a whole lot worse. And Xavier's like, and that, Bishop, is what the X-Men are for in the past or the future to prevent things from getting worse. And it's like, oh, shh. Okay. I, well, I I know it's an annoying that's true. line, but it is also true. But it's not like Xavier contributes to that. Yeah, it's like Xavier only just now met Bishop and found out the X Men is even a thing, and he's I like, know. and that's what the X Men are for. And Bishop is like, right, who thank are you, you again? Thank you, Cyclops, for walking in and just saying this. By the way, in this line, Xavier's like, both in the past and the future, and I'm like, you're in the fucking present, dude. What are you even saying? Like, yeah, it's like I guess because he's trying to change the past to fix the future but at this like, point xavier can't go back right like he is permanently stuck in whatever whatever future happens and like is it changing around him because at the end of the season he's like the sentinels never happened but now apocalypse did i'm like so did you just like wanda this and watch the world morph around you and for some reason it didn't affect you like i don't yeah, understand like, what's isn't happening he in another timeline at this point like, like where the fuck is he it's a good point it's a good point i mean we don't see the future like change live but it would help be helpful if we saw that. Like if there's just one timeline that they're changing. You know what I mean? I, yeah, I don't know. It's like multiple Xavier's. They all passed out and all went into Snow White cases. And now they're all reaching back to Logan in the past. And like, it would be funny if they were all contradicting each other, too. And being like, no, wait, in my future, this other thing's happening. And Logan is like, oh, my God. I mean, that's kind of like extreme X-Men when Dazzler and the crew of X-Men she recruited from other universes have to kill evil Xavier's in pretty much every universe. I mean, that says a lot right there. I know. And Anyway, <laughs> after this, there's one more scene that's actually pretty terrifying where a Sentinel walks into a Cerebro replica yeah. that they already had. So, like, they, it's not like they were using it as Cerebro, but they had a similar Cerebro setup to communicate with each other, which mm-hmm. is fucking terrifying. And they're like, pull up the information on the mutants that we do know. And they match Xavier and they're like, oh, also it shows Juggernaut who's classified as a mutant here. I just thought that was interesting. That is um, interesting. I didn't notice that. I just noticed yeah. all the other pictures of mutants because there's like Rogue and Nitro and a bunch of other ones that are like Yeah, it's briefly. a bunch of characters we've seen so far. Uh, and this like sexy, evil female voice is like, all right, that's Charles Xavier and we need to fucking kill him. No, actually she says capture him and keep him alive. I think she wants his powers. Oh, that's right. Okay, you're right. And the big reveals that mastermind in this is a fucking terrifying GLaDOS robot lady. Yeah. And I was like, that's fucking awesome. Like, I know that Master Mold is terrifying, but suddenly I'm like way more cool with it with it being a girl. I don't know why. Yeah, because <laughs> like, of, of feminism. Um, I she's mean, a like, girl I, boss. <laughs> yeah, seriously. She's doing a good job at her job. And yeah. we like, we want to support her. We support her. Yeah. And <laughs> no, for real. She's I, I think honestly, terrifying. it's like a GLaDOS thing because who doesn't like GLaDOS? GLaDOS is hilarious. But like, also, this Master Mold is terrifying. We see like sort of a um, portrait of her at the very very end where she's like in shadow and she just looks fucking cool as hell. She's like got all these wires sticking out of her and stuff. And she's like sitting there dramatically being like, I want to capture Xavier alive. <laughs> it's like, who I the know. fuck is this lady? Like, Oh my God, she's a robot. She's going to fucking kill everybody. Also. I think it's cool that master mold would be like coded as a woman because usually master mold is creating sentinels and you know, women she's a mom. She's a mommy. She's sentinel mommy. Yeah, okay. I have to point out that she, this actress is um, Gwendolyn Yao, if I'm pronouncing it right. Yeah. She's like an actual actress. Like, she's okay. So, the person that's playing Master Mold in this is like been on TV and in movies and stuff. And then just randomly, she's done some of these like cartoons and stuff. 
Yeah, she plays. um, She played Lady Deathstrike before, which was super cool. She also plays Domino. She does. We have an Asian actress playing Domino on this show. That's what I'm excited about it. I was like, this is really cool. And she plays Shinigami on the Ninja Turtles TV show by Nickelodeon and Lady Shiva on Young Justice. So she's. I like this. I like this actress. Anyway, that's all I wanted to say. Yeah, I, I think she's really she's doing a good job as Domino also. But um, is. this is yet another case where it's like every single actor on this show. There's only like five voice actors and they're voicing like three characters each at least. But that's truly any cartoon. It's like they have. I feel like it's pretty extreme on this show. Like it's well, really I mean, this like because there's so many extra characters. But I think any cartoon that happens, it's like they're like, OK, so we have our main cast here to record these lines, but when there's extras in a scene, they're like, okay, we're not going to hire another person to come in and read one line. So we need our actors that are already here to read these one lines. And generally those actors want to do that because it gives them a chance to show off their acting chops, get more money. I don't think, I don't think they're getting that much more money for like one extra line, to be honest. Yeah. So that I'm not sure about, but I think it's like, it's more time on the clock. I don't know. Yeah, that's true. Their that's union. true. Okay. Anyway, uh, so what did you think of this episode? Is it a six out of five? Yeah, it's a six out of five. Just kidding. It has to be a five. We can't give a six out of five. It has to be a five out of five X's. I would give it a five. I I really enjoyed it. I feel like the switching between past and future easily could have been confusing and bad. And instead, it's actually really awesome. Um, I don't understand how the past uh, changes the future or if that's ever going to happen. But I don't really need that to be answered. As far as time travel episodes go, I thought this was pretty fun. And um, probably because there's no time travel in it to try to contradict things. That would be really fucking confusing. I actually think that was kind of cool that they removed the time travel aspect because that's always been a part of these X-Men cartoons where they like are going back and forth in time and they are doing that now, but without having the character physically doing that, Mm -hmm. which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. Even though it makes no fucking sense. (laughs) I mean, I'm still here for it. Yeah, just because like, why is Xavier capable of doing this? And also, why does Cerebro have this power that it's never previously had? Like, what? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's also... Krakoa has Cerebro doing things that it didn't do before, so we can't judge that. Yeah. But... yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's a better solution than like Days of Future Past, the movie where just randomly Kitty Pride could beam her consciousness back in time as opposed to like <laughs> this version She's where like, Xavier I'm can do it. I'm my mind. Like, it's, it's just as likely to me that Xavier could use Cerebro to beam his consciousness back in time, even though that also doesn't really make any sense. I'm just kind of like, sure. Yeah, but at least he's psychic, you know? I don't know. Yeah. So I think one of the cool things about this episode, and I kind of brought it up already, is that the world building for this feature is really good. Mm -hmm. And it's like, just aesthetically what we're looking at, what the environment is like, what the conditions are, what what the world has come to, Mm -hmm. is told really well, obviously through what we're seeing between the conversations between the mutants and then seeing what the Sentinels are doing. But like we see that the Sentinels have not only destroyed human life and assimilated them and they've put all these mutants in concentration camps, but they've like destroyed the earth. Like animals are gone. Mm -hmm. Vegetation is gone. And like these characters are just surviving. And it's just like this really cool way to portray the future which I know the comics do, and we've seen sometimes in previous cartoons, but like it just looks really good on this show. I also really enjoy the horror of this because it does a lot of horror scenes and it's pretty terrifying. There's like not jokes in this other than Cyclops one line at the beginning mm-hmm. because in the past or the present or whatever, it's a little less terrifying. Yeah. But like that whole opening sequence with Xavier running away from the Sentinel 
is like exactly how I would have pictured it if it was animated right off the pages of a comic book. I know. And I thought that was really good. And I also really thought that the battle animations in this were incredible. Like there's like a five minute fight scene with Bishop, Domino, Mero, and Firestar and Kamal. And I'm like, this is really good. Like we talked about this a lot in X-Men Evolution when they would have fight scenes that would showcase their powers in a really interesting and smart way. I, I love X-Men TAS, but I don't feel like that's the case there. I I often felt that whenever things got bad, they just had Storm fly in and just do Storm shit, mm-hmm. which is fair. Who doesn't want to see that? Yeah, but I mean, they did have her just be the deus ex machina more often than not, where it's like, well, the episode needs to end, so we're just going to have Storm come in. I know. Which and it was always fun to watch, but I, I get the point you're making. Right. And I also think that like it makes sense that the Sentinels would have killed her off earlier on because she would have been too much of a threat. Mm-hmm. But I also like that piece with Bishop being like, I put that gravestone up for Logan. And there's a lot of details about the world that they live on that's told through dialogue but not directly saying it yeah which there's been a couple times in this where you were like this is what happened i'm like oh you're right that is what happened just from like this one line of dialogue Mm -hmm. you know like colonel moss turning out to be the cyborg and then turning full sentinel like yeah that's just kind of shown to you you don't really get like oh all the humans must have been assimilated but but just from the context you make that assumption even though it's not explicitly stated. Right. I agree. And I think, I mean, the Sentinels are scary and this episode really makes them scary. Mm-hmm. They were not scary on TS because they were like, what is this? It is the Ace of Spades. <laughs> <laughs> I did think they were scary in Days of Future Past. There was definitely a horrific aspect to them in mm-hmm. that, which was good too. But I think this is probably the first cartoon that really veered away from the children's goofiness. And again, this episode is super serious. I don't know how X-Men can reach kids and still be like a kid-friendly show in general. And this is like the issue that all these shows have had, right? It's like they don't know how to like... Yeah. We have some dark material we have to tackle. Uh, how do we do that, folks? Uh, and as it turns out, it didn't... I mean, it left an imprint on our listeners and the viewers at the time. And we, they were definitely younger. But do you feel like maybe more young teens are watching X-Men content than children? Because it has to be. In this time period? Sure. I mean, I feel like the movies were, what, PG-13, right? So yeah. at this point, I feel like you, you're at least expected to be 13 years old if you're watching something like this. And maybe you're becoming an X-Men fan because of the live action movies. This is after that. Right. You know, you're also maybe getting into the MCU. I mean, this is like peak superhero build-up time period. So yeah, I think being... 13 and up is is about where they're aiming for as opposed to like elementary school age, which is where TAS was sitting. Yeah. I also wonder if the Days of Future Past movie went to this show over TAS because of the whole... I was wondering that too. Yeah. I was wondering the whole, that too. Like, this whole episode where the Sentinels are adapting and learning the mutants' powers is what happens in the movie, but that's not in the other cartoon. So like, mm-hmm. and I don't feel like Simon Kingberg or Brian Singer did enough research at any point in time on the X-Men. Well, they don't read any comic books. They only watch animated shows. I know. <laughs> so I don't know. It's just, it's just interesting. This is a great, yeah. great episode, everyone. I definitely recommend it. I think it's a great example of the Days of Future Past storyline, and it's not very clunky. So... I don't know. I don't have any complaints whatsoever. It's a great episode. Good time. Yeah, I definitely recommend it. Let's talk about a character that I definitely didn't already announce. So, who's that? X Men. It's Cubone. It's actually (laughs) Marrow. It's Marrow. Obviously, we're talking about Marrow, not Hellion. 
uh, strap in. She actually has a pretty intense history. Um, so her real name is Sarah and she has the ability to control her bone growth, which also gives her a healing factor, which kind of checks out because how the fuck else would that work? She has superhuman strength, stamina, which I wrote down as stamina, stam, stamnia, uh, durability, <laughs> and agility. That sounds like a cool X-Men name, stamnina. <laughs> stamnia. First appearance was Cable number 15, and she was created by Jeff Loeb and David Brewer. Sarah grew up as a Morlock during the Mutant Massacre. She, she, massacre. Okay, are we from Boston, Ryan? What's going on here? During the Mutant Massacre. During the Mutant Massacre, <laughs> she witnessed the mauling of Angel by the Marauders. Mero was personally saved by Gambit. When most of the Morlocks were allegedly killed by Mikhail Rasputin, uh, they were actually brought to another dimension where Mikhail had established a citadel for himself on top of a massive hill. Survival fittest governed this society. If someone could reach the top of the hill, they were considered worthy of being part of G Nation. During this time, Callista cared for Mero kind of as like a maternal motherly person for her. I don't know. She played that role. Uh, person, motherly person. When Sarah's powers fully manifested, she was forced up that hill. She's running up that hill. <laughs> All right, sorry. I, just the timing on this. And became savage in killing her opponents to survive. When she reached the top, Mikhail considered her fit for the terrorist group whose mission was to punish humans for their hatred towards mutants. I don't know. Seems like a, the right way to go these days, right? Mm-hmm. Mero became the leader of this group. Mero and the other members of Gene Nation lived in that dimension for years. And when they returned to Earth, she discovered that only a few years had passed. A real Blasco situation happening here. Limbo. Yeah. Magic. Uh, they started a terrorist campaign against surface dwelling humans until they were defeated by the X-Men. During that time, this is an incredible piece of information, everyone. Mero wired a time bond to her own heart to force Storm, the previous leader of the Morlocks, to either yield or kill her. And Storm just tears out Mero's heart because Storm is a fucking badass. I fucking love Storm. Uh, luckily, Mero has two hearts, so she didn't die. She also has two hearts to compensate for her bone growth and superhuman regenerative abilities. So that's the reason why she survived Storm ripping her heart out. It's a great comic. I highly recommend it. Uh, Mero is reunited with Callisto, and while they continue their terrorist activities, Callisto tries to kind of like hold back Mero's more violent methods because Callisto's like, okay, we can't straight up kill everyone. That's not going to prove anything. After a battle with Cable, Mero and Callisto returned to seclusion. Callisto is later injured by a Prime Sentinel, and she tells Mero to go seek the aid of the X-Men. Mero teams up with Iceman and Cecilia Reyes, I think this is during um, Operation Zero. Sorry, I have the comic book right here in front of me. I was like, I just read this. Where am I? And so, okay, so Mero goes to the X-Mansion where she joins the X-Men for a time. And during this period, she comes under the mentorship of Logan because what teenage girl doesn't? And she flirts with Cannibal during that time. Again, I don't know. Can somebody explain to me why Cannibal is so sexy? Because I feel like I've read multiple of these biographies and then it's like, and then they fell in love with Cannibal. And it's like this like dumb ass hick from the South. And I'm like, what? I don't get it. He's like, he seems fine. Is it because he's like a good boy? Is that the reason? Like everyone's trying to fuck him, including Roberto. Yeah, I don't know. I can't explain it to you. It's kind of like that Jean Grey situation where it's like, 
or the opposite of that, where it's like these wild characters like Boom Boom and Mero and Roberto are like, but Cannibal's so nice and like put together and they like balance my absolute insanity, you know? Mm-hmm. That's got to be the reason I why. I get that. Yeah. I feel like it's also pretty rare for somebody to be mentally stable in this universe at all. So like if somebody manages to undergo a lot of traumas and like kind of figure their shit out on any level, then other characters are like, wow, I really respect them <laughs> for like figuring it out. And That's like true. Not, That's true. Not being like totally unhinged, like Logan or whoever, you know, I agree. Okay, that's fair. I don't know. All right, so when the X-Men come under the attack of the Shadow King, as they do, Mero actually resists him and helps Cannibal resist him by viciously destroying the illusion the Shadow King had created of Cannibal's abusive father. Cannibal is really fucked up for a bit, though, because he sees Mero kill an illusion of his parent. And at one point, Mero works with Spider-Man in investigating kidnappings of people who were being dragged into the sewers. Of course, it was not Warlocks, but instead the vampire-like being known as the Hunger, which was defeated with a confrontation of Spider-Man. On an adventure in another dimension, because this is just what the X-Men do, Gambit is unable to control his powers and he accidentally wounds Mero. She later travels to the past with the X-Men and winds up in the Skrull homeworld. She's given a medical device that gives her more control over her powers and a prettier appearance before they travel back to their original time. The changes to her appearance softened her personality and she became a lot more empathetic to people, which is really interesting. Mm. Marrow later leaves the X-Men during X-Men Revolution. S.H.I.E.L.D. then brainwashes Marrow under the alias of Sarah Rushman and is used as a sleeper agent. Her mission was to terminate life model decoys. They gave her a split personality between mutant Marrow and teenage Sarah, and they had to repeatedly inject her with implanted memories because like, she kept resisting them. Mm. Uh, during this time, Spider-Man briefly dates Marrow's Sarah personality, and he figures out what's going on and frees her from shield's control by faking a suicide which like jesus christ yeah marrow is later recruited by the new weapon x program who again normalizes her appearance she eventually betrays weapon x after discovering their anti-mutant nature because it's weapon fucking x like of course they were anti-mutants like have we learned nothing from logan (laughs) marrow utilizes the remnants of cables underground to reform the g nation and lead several attacks on weapon x until the rest of the group is slaughtered by agent zero after m day marrow is a spokesman for the band of morlocks or at least the remaining number of them and remains underground to protect and give hope to the few mutants who remain and fear going to the surface to live normal lives. She also retains her mutated physical attributes, but not her mutant superpowers during this time. Meryl later returns as a member of Excel, a terrorist group believing that M-Day was created by the U.S. government. She fights the X-Factor investigations and discovers that Wanda and Pietro were responsible for M-Day and Meryl turns on Pietro. Callisto and Meryl then escape into the sewers. Mero returns once again as a member of new X-Force of the new X-Force team with her powers intact. Dr. Nemesis examines Mero and concludes that she's not a mutant anymore because she had willingly approached Volga who experimented her on her and restored her powers. And during this time, Mero was also pregnant by, but by restoring her powers, it came at the cost of killing her own child, Oof. which I, yeah, this girl is fucked up. Uh, during the Age of X-Men era, Marrow's not sucked into X-Men's world, and during this time, she works with Emma Frost in her new Hellfire Club, but they are beset by Robert Callahan and One, which is now under his command, and his campaign of incarcerating modifying mutants for the purpose of extermin- exterminating other mutants. Emma works with Marrow to contact the remaining X-Men to deal with this shit. Marrow now resides in Krakoa, although she's not had any 
major plot point since then. Mm. And she's also playable in Marvel vs. Capcom 2 because Japan really, really loves Mero. And she's a boss in X-Men Edge Legends. Edgens. X-Men Edgens. <laughs> also, she's voiced by Tara Strong in this show. Did you know that? I almost made mention of that earlier and I just forgot. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, that's it. Yeah, I just thought that was cool. Also, when I was looking up the voice actors for this, I saw that there are apparently multiple episodes that have Juggernaut in them. Did you know that too? I do not remember any of that. <laughs> well, unfortunately. The guy who voiced Beast also voices Juggernaut. That's an interesting jump. He also voices the whole. Okay, I can see apparently. that because they're all like beastly. Although like Beast speaks like this Fred Taskator with, with perfect inflection famous. and then Juggernaut be dumb, bro. Like, you know, <laughs> see, I can do it too. Yeah, I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how he does. But apparently there's, I think, two, maybe three episodes with Juggernaut. Well, what episode number is this? 19? Um, <laughs> no, this is episode nine. And next week is episode 10. Greetings from Genosha. Greetings from Genosha. Before we talk about that, let's talk about who's gay. The take us that long well it's not and it's really kind of impassing honestly because it's really bishop being like logan and i were dating up until he got kidnapped like that's the level i made him a gravestone because i'm sad about him being dead Um, oh yeah he was great in bed about as gay as it gets and it's only it's all kind of just us adding that in there it's really not present in the episode at all i know honestly the show is not as gay as x-men evolution which was just like super gay but i mean that's what Mm -hmm. they were going for on that show well pietro's pretty gay i mean pietro is just gay in general like even in the comic books i just add that boy come on he's like ready he might be a nicest person if he just came out of the closet honestly you know that that (laughs) happens sometimes uh but i do like this idea of xavier reaching out to logan to be like logan i'm hanging out with your boyfriend from the future and this is what he's telling me and logan's like is he hot (laughs) he doesn't tell logan about logan's boyfriend from the future though he like specifically doesn't he's like i just read this in a newspaper well gotta go and logan's (laughs) like huh that doesn't seem like enough information, but I guess I won't question Chuck. I don't know. Also, Berserker and Vanisher stood next to each other for one second. And according to us, that means they're dating. So they're also part of this. They were like rolling around on the ground and touching each other's butts while they were waiting for their mutant breakout they were going to do. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll count it. Okay. Why not? Perfect. <laughs> so yeah, it's Bishop. Anyway, uh, this has been another episode Next week, we're going to watch Greetings from Genosha, which is when Nightcrawler arrives in Genosha and hangs out with Scarlet Witch. How can you not be excited about that? I am excited about Scarlet Witch is the fucking best. Although she's not X-Men Evolution punked out gay Scarlet Witch. And this, she's flirty with Nightcrawler. She's straightened up. This version of Scarlet Witch is actually much more put together than any other version of Wanda. Yeah, I guess I'll see what happens because I guess this version of Wanda is on pretty good terms with her dad for now, even though Pietro is clearly not. So that's kind of fun. You know what? Spoilers. I know at the end of the whole thing, Wanda finds out all this fucked up shit Magneto was doing and she banishes it from Genosha. (laughs) So that's pretty great. But this version of Wanda is like not totally 
unstable all the time. But maybe they yeah, would have done something like, like that in season two. I don't really know. I could see them doing that. I also could see them, including Wanda, figuring out that she had been brainwashed, which this show isn't going to do that because it's not technically in canon with X-Men Evolution. It sure but feels it does like sound it. like they're going to give her like a different redemption arc where she figures out Magneto's bullshit in a different context. Yeah. Because that's the closest we're going to get to her figuring it out. It's also kind of sad to think, oh, maybe she's just stable because half of her brain is gone. You know, I don't like that. Like she doesn't remember a lot of the traumas that she's experienced. So she's like doing okay briefly because she hasn't actually had to work through them yet. Right. Sad. It is um, sad. Anyway, we'll see what we think, I guess, when we watch it next week. Um, So. Mutantages.com. That's right. And I know everyone's waiting with baiting breath if Pluggy's here. He is not. I don't know where he is. See, the air conditioner's on right now, which means the windows are closed, which means it's a lot harder for him to get in. He kind of just smashes mm. up against the window. That's what all that clunking was <laughs> earlier. <laughs> yeah, Pluggy's just trying desperately to get in. That's terrifying, actually. <laughs> Why is he always on my house? There's other Pluggy X-Men he can go visit. slinging himself into your window, just like, hello! Also, hello, why does he have there? wings, is my question. <laughs> Well, I mean, no. honestly, I you know, our listeners should probably know that I invented lots of characters in our teens that would be like an, an inanimate object that suddenly became sentient and they'd all have wings for some reason so they could fly. Yeah. Remember Shit the Door? Shit the Door had wings? Yeah, you don't remember that? I don't think he always had wings. He did? Okay, I... here's the character history of a character named Shit the Door. It's like Shut the Door, but shit, because it's a swear, so it's funny. What it was Get is that it? we were all... We used to be on the AOL chat boards. I don't even know if I knew you yet, but me and uh, Canvas create these <laughs> chat rooms that were we call like the Gino Summer House or something or Log Cabin. And it'd just be like a chat room where we'd all hang out. And like mm-hmm. at some point, somebody says shut the door, but they wrote it incorrectly and it said shit. And then we started giggling. And then I wrote it into a story as a character when that cabin blew up and then he descended from heaven and was like, I'm here to get revenge. Like that was his whole thing. Wow. So he's not only a character who's an anthropomorphic door that can walk and talk. He also died and went to heaven. He did. Somehow came went back. to heaven, first of all. Uh, yeah. Came back. Well, we, it really, he probably came back from hell, but he shows up and he's really good at shooting guns. Mm-hmm. Turns out this door can shoot guns um, and he has a pet Pikachu. Yeah. Uh, but this is not a character who's yet another mascot for the mutant ages. This is purely a different character who is part of the Geno universe. Well, I'm just pointing out that Cloaky and Ploggy are on brand. That's all I'm yes, saying. Yes, of course. Well, Cloaky can just fly using his cloakiness. Cloaky is a magical cloak. He comes from the same cloak world that uh, Dr. Strange's cloak comes from, mm-hmm. but more annoying. Um, so at mutantages.com, um, Cloaky. you can find our email address, themutantages at gmail.com. You should send us some emails. Tell us what you think about Wolverine and the X-Men so far. We're going to do a listener listener mail episode when we've got enough emails in the bank that it's worth doing one. Um, we also have a Discord server. You know what? Please email us so we can do a listener mail. Let's say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm serious because like typically we do one like once every other month and because we're getting so many emails because we're so famous. <laughs> but like legit, literally, I just there has not been a lot of questions lately. So yeah, I, mean, I have some stocked up. But if you have questions, send them through on our Discord or at mutantages at gmail.com. Yeah, there is a Discord link at mutantages.com where you can join and you can obviously just talk to us about the episode if you want in there but also you can ask us questions there's a questions channel and we have a voicemail inbox we play the voicemails on listener feedback episodes as well that would be one we do 508-319-1668 
And then we have a P.O. Box if you want to send us physical mail. It's P.O. Box 3344, Natick, Massachusetts, 01760. And uh, we actually opened those over on our YouTube channel. We do. But we'll talk about that in a second. Before we get to that, I just wanted to say... We are on every social media ever, which is also a way that you can send us questions, by the way. Like if you tweet us a question at the Mutant Ages or whatever, we will also read those on listener feedback episodes. Yeah. And also we're on Facebook and Pinterest and TikTok and Instagram. Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr. Tumblr. I know. I mean, wherever you want to find Mutant Ages content, you will. Yeah, you will. Because we are the internet. (laughs) <laughs> and we're individually on there. I'm at Mitty Myers on all those platforms. How about you, Ryan? I am at Ryan Pagella on Twitter and Ryan.Pagella on Instagram. And I'm also on Twitch playing through those Kingdom Hearts games, having a good time. Um, and I have my YouTube channel, which is great if you want to follow me for in uh, real life adventures. But more importantly, you can go over to the Mutant Ages YouTube channel where we are playing through every X-Men game ever. And also we read old scripts that were not produced for movies. Uh, I should probably specify X-Men movies, not just Mm -hmm. any movie, X-Men movies. Uh, And sometimes we take the clips from the show, match it up with cartoons. Sometimes we just be our Resident Evil characters. I don't know. It's our channel. We can do whatever the fuck we want, baby. (laughs) That's true. And if you like all this stuff, or even if you just listen to the podcast and that's all you do, please consider supporting us financially you could either buy something in our store or you could go to patreon.com slash the mutant ages and join and even one of the pretty low levels there's like a bonus podcast level where we put out bonus episodes about movies we're watching and tv shows we're watching and those are pretty good we're actually like leaving a lot of episodes over there lately so i mean if you want to go listen to us talk about rescue rangers or the batman or moon knight moon knight eventually we're gonna talk about catwoman yeah the as in the halle berry catwoman movie we are doing an episode on that just as an example of something that's coming up coming down the pike so exactly consider joining and getting those bonus episodes but if you join at the highest tier you get a shout out on the show oh that's right Samuel B, Sora B, Zach S, prepare for assimilation. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Don't worry, Bishop is going to rescue you, and also Domino. It's going to be fine. You're also, be thank fine. you for supporting the mutant ages. We do not like you. Answer beep beep boop boop. <laughs> I'm Mr. Game and Watch. <laughs> God, okay. And if you can't afford to support the show, please leave us a review on whatever podcasting app you use. If it allows you to rate and review us, please rate and review us and share the show with your friends. Send it to a pal. Tell them you like it. That is a way for the show to be discovered. That's it. We've done it again. We've done another we episode. Oh, shit. Hold on. What's <laughs> Stop. I was not trying to do Wait, that. Wait, what was what? that? It's, YouTube has just decided to go rogue, and I'm trying to turn it off. This is what I was looking for. Thank you. It's a Sentinel. Do you remember this oh song, my- Maddie? It's so good. This is the Game & Watch song. It's like Ryan's favorite song ever, even though it's just beeps. I will never forget the day that we were like six... <laughs> We're 16 years old, and I sent Maddie an MP3 on AOL Instant Messenger, and I'm of like, "That song," and you were like, "I love this," and I was, I was like, like, "Maddie, why? listen to this really good song," and you listen to it, and it's like, "Beep boop boop," you're like, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> anyway, Ryan that's a Sentinel, that everyone. Shit. That yeah. is a Sentinel. Um, and with that, we'll see you next time. See you next time. 